our next guest is going to talk to us about some fallouts of COVID and some of our new normals. Building spirituality, family, health, and business. This is The Giant Builders with Lois Wyant. Giant Builders, happy afternoon. I am here today with Dr. Gloria Lee. Hello, doctor. How are you? Oh, good, good. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you very much. And you are a relationship and personal development specialist. Yes, I am. So how did you get into that business? Well, uh, when I went to grad school for counseling, I think I went because I needed counseling. And um, (laughs) I just found it fascinating. Everything that I was learning, I felt like it really pertained to me. So I think the more I did it, I, it didn't even feel like school. It just felt like free therapy for myself, really. And um, every day I went to school, I remember, I think I went home crying just because everything, it was like, now I understand my life and why I am the way I am. And I think I was trying to figure out my childhood. There was a lot of adversities growing up. Uh, my parents had a terrible marriage, which uh, eventually ended up in divorce, so it just gave me a better understanding of how the intergenerational patterns were like and how it impacted me and why I was messed up in the way I was. So, (laughs) yeah. So that's kind of my story of how and why it's really for myself. Well, I'm glad you're sharing your information with everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, because I have that history I could really relate to people that I serve today because we are all the same as common humanity, a lot of our struggles. So, yeah. yeah. Well, we have been through a lot of struggles recently, the past few years. Um, Mm -hmm. What do you think are the biggest negatives or fallouts from the COVID experience that we've been through? Well, there's so many, um, but if I was to pick, especially in my profession, I've seen I think the greatest negative consequence has to be on our mental health and well-being. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because of all the other situations we've gone through that impacts us uh, psychologically, and that's it's almost like this um, hidden consequence that people don't really see because it's not like we got physically ill, perhaps from COVID, and some of us did, but it's really the mental and the psychological and our just our well-being in general. I think that's been the greatest impact. Okay. Well, it, it does seem like more people are affected than others. Um, why, why do you think that is the case? Yeah, I really believe that whatever was going on prior to COVID, COVID just kind of amplified. So let's say if I was already feeling overwhelmed and stretched thin prior to COVID, COVID would have just made it 10 times worse with like staying at home and juggling these different roles, not having boundaries around our, our time anymore. And I'm just the uncertainty of everything going on. So um, if, if I was already feeling certain things or going through certain things in my life, what happens is it just, because there's no other distractions. So it makes it so much worse. I think that's one uh, one reason. I think the other reason is because for those who already didn't have much social support during the shutdown, where we're all isolated, and some of us had a little bubble later on, but it really, really amplified the issues for a lot of people's mental health. That it we might have been safe physically from each other, but 
mentally and emotionally, it made it a lot worse for many of us. As I think of like my life, okay, I have um, babies. So we have, you know, four months to five-year-old children mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. now really, especially the ones who are two and three, all they know is COVID <laughs> closure, you know? Yes. And then I think of like the teens who are in these really rough stages of growth and mm-hmm. they experience this. And then also adults, what do you think, is there an age range that you think will be more affected by this in the future or what can we do in the future to help smooth out rough ages? Mm. Gosh, that's a great question. I don't know if there's one population or age group that's more affected. As you said, I think different groups have will have their different challenges to overcome. So the younger kids that all they've known is isolation and being at home, they are having more difficulties entering into preschool now and socializing with others because they haven't had to do that. Um, and they're very, very much t- um, just kind of tied to their parents and needing a lot more support that way. And of course, then that means the parents need a lot more support because their child is so attached. And so that's one uh, area that we're seeing a lot of. The other one is for uh, kids in school age. They've been really, really impacted a lot. Kids going through their developmental stuff, they're already feeling awkward and socially weird. Um, They're trying to fit in. A lot of them already had certain struggles with anxiety, depression, and other things. And so during COVID, not having that social support, really that impacted a lot of children uh, socially, but also some came from more unhealthy backgrounds in the home. So there was domestic violence and, you know, having no reprieve and having to be at home all day long. So I saw a lot of this with the clients that I work with where the kids were way more depressed, way more anxious, self-harming, suicidal. It was it was just terrible and they had nowhere to go, no one to talk to, everything was shut down. And so even the hospitals wouldn't take them because they were overwhelmed with COVID. So what do you do during that time? You, have, you don't go to school, you don't have any other adult in your life other than the ones that are hurting you. So that, group of kids has really, really been harmed. Um, any kids with special needs, uh, learning disabilities, behavioral issues, they were really harmed during that time too, not getting that kind of support. And of course, parents need a lot of support with that too. So that was very difficult. And with parents, I would say it was hard for them because now they're homeschooling their kids. They're working from home. They're still trying to juggle everything else. And on top of that, they have all the uncertainties of COVID and they're unsure and they're scared as well. So you have parents that are doing 10 times more than they what they used to do and the demands are growing. And then sometimes they're also taking care of their elderly parents uh, at the same time. So that makes it worse. And you can't really take care of them because if you have young ones at home and then you have to, you know, and you weren't allowed to see them, uh, that was really hard. And of course then, the seniors had a really, really tough just because they had to isolate and those in the senior homes, but also at home. And I worked with a lot of seniors who at that time, they were probably the most isolated of any of the age groups. And during that time, depression and suicide rates went 
sky high because of that. And I remember working with one person saying that I'd rather get COVID because I don't know how much time I have left anyway. So I'd rather have COVID and spend it with my loved ones than be alone and die this way. Because you know, it was a year, two years. We didn't know how long it was going to be, right? Mm-hmm. So yes, every every population I would say suffered and the trickle effects of it now, it's not over. We're still suffering. It's just a little more invisible, a little more hidden. Some of us have bounced back, but many of us have not. And we don't want to talk about it because we think, oh, am I the only one? I feel alone in this. And I got to say, no, you're not. Perhaps you're even in the majority that we're unsure and the trickle effect is still happening. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what can we do as far as like a neighbor, a grandparent, a parent? What what can we do for people? Yeah, that there's a lot that we could do. I think one is just understanding that everyone's in a different place, in a different situation. You know, the follow of COVID, some families are no longer together. Parents have gotten divorced. So this is their new norm now, their reality. And they may need different supports than, um, you know, an intact family. Some of us have lost loved ones during this time. So their new norm is not the same now. They they need other types of support. And the, the hard thing is when they lost a loved one during COVID, people were not able to be with them and, you know, bring them food or just sit with them. Mm-hmm. And it's not too late. So I often tell people, if you know that someone has suffered a lot of losses during COVID, you can go to them now and say, I'm bringing you food now. I couldn't then, but I remembered you during that time. And, you know, it's never too late because people are still feeling alone. And they're like, thank you. I really appreciate this. Um, And with people who may need help because they don't have as much support now, or some people lost their job. Can we offer to, I don't know, um, support them in other ways, take care of their kids because they can't afford daycare anymore. There's a lot of different things, but I would say the main thing is don't assume, but ask, ask. And, you know, some people might be like, you know what, I don't want to burden you, but you might know, and you can offer and say, would it be helpful if I help you babysit once a week? Because I know that you're working from home now and you have little ones there and I have the time on a Monday night, would that be okay? And if you see tears, you'll know that, (laughs) yes, this is okay. Let's do it, right? So there's always needs from this and always things you can offer. Just know their situation, ask first, and then if they're reluctant, offer a little and see what they say. That's all you could do to offer. Yes. Love that. You know, it's just like participate in life. Yes, yes. And it's common humanity that we all suffer differently. And, you know, one thing that I found was, People are reluctant to receive help because they'll compare their suffering that, oh, at least I didn't have someone pass away. Or at least, you know, I had one client where she had to cancel her wedding, which is so sad. Yeah. And she was devastated. I mean, this is something you look forward to your whole life. You had everything set up. You paid the deposit. You got the dress. And, you know, she was weeks away from getting married and she had to cancel it. And it was indefinite when she can have it again. And she was suffering. But she, she would say to me, oh, well, well, at least, you know, I didn't love, lose a loved one. And it's almost like we don't have permission to give ourselves to that. Our loss is a loss. And so something to that could really, really help people is to help them not to compare their suffering and to know that, you know what, your loss is as just as hurtful and as sad. 
and it's okay. We don't have to compare this way, right? I have kids that never got a graduation, mm -hmm. um, right? They, th that's really sad. And the parents are sad about this. Their child, they won't get a second shot at this again. So that's sad. They didn't have, I, I don't know, so many things that we, we missed out during that time. And I call these um, actually invisible losses that um, they're kind of like uh, ambiguous grief where we can't, quite put a finger on certain losses, but it is a loss, uh, a loss of uh, just social life with others that we can't just hang out with someone when we want to. It, you know, we had our little bubble and and sometimes we didn't even have a bubble and it really was telling, did we have support during that time or not? And uh, many of us did not. Yeah. That's true. Mm -hmm. So what do you think is our new normal? Well, our new normal is different for everyone. And gosh, and it really depends where you live as well. I would say the new normal, it's its not over for many of us. We're in a hybrid world now, and I think that's going to stay the same for a while. Many of us are working both at home and at the office. So boundaries are really blurred, like it's never been before. Um we try to cram in too much stuff because we're at home anyway. Guilty. <laughs> uh, right? I know. Same, same. And I got a lot more to say about that. Um, and we come back to an economy, that, an economy that is suffering worldwide. There's a global recession, really. Global supply chain shortage. There's a war in Ukraine. There's political unrest. So there's a lot of uncertainty still as the world begins to open up. There's inflation and a lot of people have lost their jobs or their businesses during this time. So the situation is still both uncertain for many people. Uh, but how we return back to this new norm is one, to remind yourself that this situation is both uncertain and temporary. Okay, we've pivoted a lot during COVID. You could do it again, okay? And it's okay to not feel okay, to give yourself permission that it's okay, that certain days I'm just not okay. And a lot has happened and there's been a lot of suffering and losses along the way. And even if I didn't lose anything uh, directly, I'm sure all of us know somebody who lost something along the way. And so that's like, we suffer along with the people that we love as well. And I would say for those who are not feeling okay, it's okay to seek support and help as well, to give yourself permission that you're not weak. I, I hear that a lot that, oh, you know, other people can suck it up and go back to normal. How come I can't? Everyone's different. Our situation's different. So let's not compare. And let's try to focus on what is within our control. So I always say, take breaks from conversations or the news or information related to COVID or what's going on in the world that brings us down and makes us anxious. And um, also, let's be respectful of each other, of where we are in the process and where others might be. As we mentioned already, ask your friends, family, your kids, your partner, your coworkers, what do they need? It's different for all of us. And just people noticing and asking, people already feel supported when that happens. Even if you do nothing, you just ask the question, people are like, wow, you noticed and you asked, thank you. No one's asked me yet. So th that, that would be wonderful. So we talked about we're doing so much, you know, we're, we're creating in ourselves, I think, a burnout. 
what mm-hmm. are some things that you think we could do to help prevent us from burning, going through burnouts? Yes. Oh, there's so many things. Um, so the biggest thing, you know, when we entered into this hybrid world now, as I mentioned, many of us are working from home. We are also parenting from home. Some of us are still school schooling from home uh, or taking care of our elderly parents, whatever it might be. So our boundaries are blurred. So I would say if you are working from home, number one, have a dedicated workspace. Don't put it on your kitchen table where you eat and where you do homework with kids and all of that. If you can, have a dedicated space. If you're not able to, then have an area that you could put aside on the table and don't look at that part after hours. So the second part is have dedicated office hours as you would when you go to work, you know what time you get there and what time you would go home. We don't have that separation anymore for many of us. So we have to mentally give ourselves that separation so we don't burn out. Uh, We need to take breaks to eat lunch as you would at the office instead of, you know, eating while you're working and then doing a load of laundry and then walking the dog because I have 15 minutes and, you know, we're trying to multitask and we actually are, we think that just because we're working from home, we have more time now because we don't have to commute. But it shows that research is showing that we are, we're actually working more from home because we're cramming everything in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it causes burnout without us realizing, why do I feel so much more tired? Why am I doing so much more? Well, it's because you're like, oh, I'm at home anyway. I could just <laughs> do the dishes right now or um, I could do this or that. And so that that's part of it. The other part is we're actually taking on more work from work as well, because we're at home. We think, oh yeah, I don't have to commute now. I could do more here. Um, And so I say cut down on pointless meetings, cut down on taking on more work. If you don't have to talk to your colleagues and friends to see if you can maybe divide up the load a little bit more, but also the biggest thing for many of us who are still only working from home, I would say, we need that social outlet that we don't have anymore for many of us who either lost our jobs or are, are working from home. So we have to make that conscious effort to talk to our colleagues and talk to our friends so we don't feel isolated. Because you imagine that we're going, going, going all day long and we're working longer hours just because we're home anyway. And and so and then when the kids come home, let's say, then we take them to our activities and we're still making dinner and cleaning up and doing everything else and preparing for the next day. And, oh, I have a few hours in the evening to, you know, um, send out a few more emails now. So that's not okay. I would say set a schedule, have a routine. So there's definitive time scheduled in for things like physical, and emotional health, social connection with friends and family, fun time and creativity time and, and stress relief. Uh, oftentimes we forget about those things. They come last because we don't have the time for it. But if you want to actually be more productive and feel less stressed and to go for the long run, this is what we need to do. Yeah. Those are all great tips. I would say that I am really guilty of that. Trying to squeeze, you know, like, okay, confession, just before our, our call started, I was trying to clean a spot out of the rug. <laughs> you got time to get that out. <laughs> yeah, confession. I was driving my daughter to school. I'm like, hurry, hurry! I got to get online. 
know life is what we preach right yeah yeah life is just confusing these days so Uh, yeah uh, and and you know three years of doing this almost it's almost become our norm so mm -hmm. we have to remind ourselves let's get out of these unhealthy habits that we've established and yes perhaps we had a little bit more time during lockdown when everything was closed but now that we're going back to other things we can't still cram all this in and think that it's not going to impact us we need to stop and just breathe a little bit yeah definitely Definitely. so what does a first meeting look like with you a first meeting well i get to listen to your story of why you're here and most people come see me because of stress anxiety depression broken relationships those are the main things And as we talk about things, you know, give me 10 minutes, I will know what our next 20 sessions will look like. And those, those issues that we have often relates to our own relationship with ourselves, not taking care of ourselves. And it trickles into our relationship with our kids that we yell at them because we're tired and overwhelmed and stressed, or uh, we take it out on our partner because we feel like they're not doing their part and why am I doing all this and we bicker about little things so I see a lot of that and in oftentimes we feel alone that why can other people do it and I can't so I think during the first meeting it's really understanding your relationship with yourself and how that impacts your relationship with everybody else around you and all your situations that you're in Mm -hmm. well that's wonderful All right. Well, we're going to have your contact information below so people can get in touch with you. Uh, Any closing thoughts? Well, I just wanted to say that I have a free gift for all your listeners. Thank you. Uh, I have a secret guide to greater closeness and connection in 10 minutes that I hopefully if we could put it on Mm -hmm. your site for the information, that would be great. Um, I would love to give people just something for their relationship so we all have relationships no matter with who and this is a great guide for that so and i think that through all of this i think one of the things that we should be focusing on is just really loving those relationships you know finding out how to stay connected and um, understanding what each person has gone through you know as far as just reconnecting with those people Yes, yes. Yeah. Everybody's in a different place. And a lot of people are not the same people coming out of COVID now. So we need to kind of reestablish what happened to you during COVID. And one question I would say, that's really great to ask. I often ask friends, family that I haven't seen in a while. And I'll say, so tell me the three most significant things that happened to you during COVID. Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> and I find out so much like the and don't say that, well, my parent died or I lost my job or, you know, I finally got married, but over Zoom or whatever it was. And um, yeah, those are big things to talk about, right? Yeah, those are big things to talk about. Yeah, mm-hmm. great. Well, thank you so much, doctor. I really appreciate your time and just your insight. It was wonderful. I learned oh, you're so very much. welcome. You, you touched my heart. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate this opportunity. Well, thank you, Giant Builders. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. This has been The Giant Builders with Lois Wyant.